0: It's time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Kathy and Carrie. Love Talk today with special guest Joanne about rising from the ashes.
1: Hello, friends, and welcome to Love Talk. Yes, this is Coach Carrie Brinkader. We are missing Miss Evelyn Davison today. She'll be back in studio with us in a few weeks. Uh, you guys could keep her in your prayers, uh, but we always miss her when she's not e- not here. You have found Love Talk, friends. Welcome to the show. And, of course, on the line have my great friends and colleague, Kathy Enderbrock. Hey, Kath. Hey, good morning,
0: Carrie. Good morning, listening friends. You know, I love it because when we first started having me call in, it was such a, a big deal. Here I am calling in from Boise, Idaho, and it was a big deal that I wasn't in the Austin studio where I just love to be. But, you know, with all of the turn of events, it's like... Zooming in, StreamYarding in, Skyping in, it's just normal. It so, is. yeah. It's so funny because now when uh, I call into studio or StreamYard into studio – I'm like, oh yeah, this is part of life. Like this is, this is how it is. It's not so unusual anymore. And so friends, I just uh, say good morning to you up here from Boise, Idaho. You know, I usually get on and boast about how nice and cool it is in Boise <laughs> over the summer when it's hot in Texas, but there is a lot of smoke up here. So oh. even though the weather's beautiful, we are not going outside. And I imagine right now going into the fall in Texas, y'all are enjoying
1: some beautiful outdoor weather. We have been, you know, it was so weird. September 1st hit and all of a sudden the rains came and, and it just cooled down like 10 or 12 degrees all of a sudden. So it has been incredibly nice, uh, this September. We've had some rain. We've had, okay, for Texas, we've had some cooler days. Like when it only gets to 90, we're like, woo, that's amazing. (laughs) So yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. It's been nice though. I, I do have to say. Well, Kath, we are still in our series called Love Seasons, and we've done so many shows about hope and grace, and uh, we've walked through uh, some authors from Miss Evelyn's new book, Love Talking and Love Walking. Today, we don't have an author in the book. But we have a sweet friend with us, and I will introduce her in just a few moments, but As we talk about these love seasons that we've been going through, we've talked about life and love and how some seasons are fantastic and we just want to live in them forever. And some seasons we go through are physically or mentally hard. And maybe we can get through that season, but we have to do things a little bit differently. Some Difficult seasons bore into our souls, and we want to forget them. We want to run. We want to seek forgiveness, but we don't really know how to forgive ourselves. We all know that we can't go back and change the past. And sometimes in life, that no matter how much we wish we could go back and change something, we just can't. And in those situations, there's nothing we can do but pray pray. And try to accept things as we are, and as they are, and ask God to help us move forward. And I think you're really going to be blessed by our show today as we talk about this, as we look at God's grace, as we look look at God's forgiveness. You know, we all have choices to make, friends. And we can choose to accept the things that we can't change, and then we can choose to let God's grace cover that situation, in a way that we can't even imagine and choose to listen to God's voice as we walk through that time. And so these feelings of guilt, these feelings of shame, these feelings of regret, these feelings of wanting to change things that we can't change, we have to give those to God. And we're going to talk about that today with a phenomenal story from a sweet friend um, our verses for today, Kathy, we've got 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And then Romans eight twenty eight. and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. You know, a lot of times when we're walking through things, we cannot see how this situation can ever be used to glorify God. But man, God has a plan for us that is way bigger than anything we can even dream up. Oh gosh, friends. I hope that puts you like hooked into the show because it's going to be <laughs> awesome. So Kathy, tell me more about these fires in Idaho. I, I mean, well, it's not, they're not in Idaho, but the smoke is, is, is wafting over from the West, right? It, uh, yeah, it oh. is, you know, I mean, we're just praying for
0: rain for our neighbors in Washington yeah. and Oregon and California that God would put those fires out because, boy, it just seems like we're not able to. Mm. And uh, so I know there's, you know, I'm, my heart is kind of goes out to all of those individuals who are losing their homes because, Carrie, I mean, I, I know, you know, my parents lost their home to a forest fire, mm-hmm. the Sierra Grande fire of 2000 mm-hmm. in New Mexico and uh i mean that just ravaged through the forests of new mexico and my parents saw and and my childhood home just totally Mm. burnt to the ground and it's amazing that the destruction that fire can bring but i tell you it's god is the only one he is the only one who can bring beauty from ashes Mm. and you know we saw our home sitting there in ash with uh Nothing left. I mean, absolutely everything completely melted down and destroyed to the foundation. And yet God did amazing things in that fire. And and um in having my parents leave that place that they thought they would never leave, he brought them to a place that he had for them. And so I just, I look at these fires and I know that, um, these families are going to be going through a lot of time of loss and sorrow. They're going to have some anxiety issues around separation. Um, but I know that as they turn to God, he's going to be able to bring beauty out of the ashes that they're um, sorting through right now. And I love that about our story today, too, that God can bring beauty from the ashes of our lives. Things that we think cannot be redeemed, things that we think are just uh, a blotch on our On the line of our lives that can never be erased. I mean, God can just do beautiful things about that, and and with that, and and I love that. And you know, so I want to tell you where I'm. I'm so excited about tonight. Not not. So I'm excited about our radio program today, and I'm excited (laughs) about tonight. And I will tell you because tonight is Senior Night,
1: and for
0: the volleyball team. Yeah and uh so we're just so thrilled to be able to go and celebrate our middle child she's um On varsity volleyball, and um, so we're doing a big celebration. There's two seniors on the volleyball team, so we get to go and do that tonight, and she's excited about it, and I just love opportunities to be able to celebrate one another, and so we're looking forward to that. So, um, listening friends, if you have kiddos that are seniors, I know there's going to be a few tears this year. There's going to be that kind of anxiety around impending loss. But the plans that God has for these kiddos are plans of hope and to prosper them and to give them a beautiful future. So uh, hang on, press into him, pray a lot this year, and just look forward to seeing God do amazing things with your seniors.
1: Girl, you're gonna have I, to walk me through this next year whenever Mackenzie is a senior because I already <laughs> feel that pit in my gut. So I'll be I'll be uh, on speed dial with you next year for sure. <laughs>
0: yeah, well I tell you, it's been a great week. We've I, I, we did the National Day of Prayer Summit, which um, I got to pray with people all from one end of the United States to to the other, and we had these breakout sessions that were just incredible. And, uh, then later, I think, no, earlier in the week, we had the, um, Bible Breeding Marathon at the, uh, U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C. Um, and it's where, um, Americans from all over the nation read all the way from Genesis 1 all the way through to the end of Revelation. It kind of, you know, very Ezra, Nehemiah-esque, you know, think mm, of that. Wow. And, um, so I got to read from Luke 5, um, through to the middle of Luke 11. And it was the most exhilarating thing. I absolutely loved it. And, um, I'm learning a lot more about praying scripture and, um, pressing into God's word. And so it's just been, I tell you, like the last two weeks for me, Carrie, have been a little bit of uh, like walking on air getting oh. to spend time in prayer with friends.
1: Good, Kathy, that's awesome. Amidst the smoke and all of that, what a <laughs> what a great respite, you know, yeah. to to be able to do that. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, we had a we had a great week in our house as well. Cross country season has started. Kids are running, they're doing awesome. And um Ashley and I celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary. So super excited about that it's crazy to see we were just reminiscing and talking about um being babies whenever we got married and (laughs) how we thought we knew everything at 22 but we knew nothing and um wow and that God just has been so faithful to grow us up together and change together and uh because you know you change a lot in 25 years Um, and, uh, you have to get walk through that together. So what a blessing that it has been. Well, friends, I would love to introduce my friend. Her name is Joanne Gordon and she happens to be my neighbor, my neighbor. And it, um, really, it makes me so happy that God has orchestrated this, that we've just lived in our, in our houses for three years and, um, over these 3 years we've we've been able to get to know Joanne and her sweet husband Jim and they're just super precious people and I've I've been able to hear Joanne's story. She's a 74-year-old Roman, Roman Catholic married to the love of her life Jim for 52 years. So exciting. Joanne has one daughter Susan and together Jim and Joanne have a son, Sean. For 31 years, Joanne helped Jim in his consulting business as an electronic assembler, a printer circuit board designer, and a business manager. She worked for the Catholic Diocese of Fort Worth for 13 years. She was an ecclesiastical notary, a case coordinator in the tribunal. And she also served on the City of River Oaks boards and as a city council member for over 10 years. And her and Jim are happily retired now and living in Georgetown. And Joanne, we are so delighted that you have decided to join us today for Love Talk. Welcome.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Well, it's, it's been a pleasure getting to know you. Now, um, Joanne, over the years, you and I chatted in the driveway many times, and uh, listeners, I just have to tell you that Jim and Joanne do everything together. They go to the mailbox together, they uh, go on their walks together, they... uh. They- Y'all do, y'all literally do everything together. Yes, we do. Yes, (laughs) we do. They even dress the same and it's just precious if they wear blue shirts. They're both wearing blue shirts. Today they're both in yellow. They're just the cutest, (laughs) cutest people. I wish you could all meet them. Um, you're going to get to know them a little bit better today. Now, Joanne, you grew up, um, outside of, or in the Dallas Fort Worth area and uh, you went to Catholic school. I did. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Okay. Well, we actually moved to Texas in 2000 and, oh, no, when I was a sophomore in high school. Let's just go.
1: <laughs> okay. And that was
2: longer than 2000. Yes, yes, yes. A long yes, time yes, ago. Yes. So a ago. A sophomore ago. in high school, you yes, moved to the Dallas we area. We moved to the okay. Dallas area. I had the 60s. I have spent 13 years in uh, Catholic schools, receiving a great education and religious training. Um, so, um, like I said, we moved to um, Texas in my sophomore year, went to an all-girls Catholic school.
1: Oh, it was an all girl Of course it was. Yeah, yes. all-girls Catholic okay. school. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um And because I was a sophomore, Everybody had their little cliques, and I was pretty much an outsider.
1: So So that uh, was probably pretty hard, moving to a new spot your sophomore year. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Kathy, have you had any experience with Catholic school?
0: You know, funny enough, yes. I actually attended a private Catholic school in a little place called Alcalde, New Mexico, um, for kinder first grade and second grade, and um, one of the nuns who was my teacher was Mrs. Clausius, and she was a lovely, lovely lady, but super, super strict. Oh, my goodness, so strict. Um, And sometimes I thought, I look back and I go, well, of course, she had to be strict to keep all of those five- and six-year-old boys in line, (laughs) but Joanne, I have to tell you, as a sophomore in high school, I can imagine those are going to be some pretty strict rules, strict laws that you're expected to follow. Um, Can you, you know, outside of when you say religious training, at what point in growing up... Did you come into that knowledge and understand that Jesus loves you and you wanted to have a relationship with him? Can
1: you pinpoint a time when that happened? Well, listeners, you'll have to wait for that answer until after the break. (laughs) And Joanne will tell us when she started to really understand that Jesus loves her, even amidst all the rules and regulations, I'm sure, of the Catholic school. When we return to Love Talk, we'll hear more from Joanne Gordon. Right after this.
0: And welcome back, friends. This is Kathy Endebrock with Love Talk in the studio today with Coach Carrie Brinkater. We are missing our beautiful uh, Mrs. Evelyn Davison, but we do have a special guest for you that we have just, uh, we're just thrilled to have with you today. And friends, I want to tell you, uh, before I, uh, open with this question for our guest, Uh, If you want to share this show today, which I know you're going to want to with friends, you can be texting them right now and telling them to go to thebridgeaustin.com and you can live stream the show wherever you are. But if you miss it, uh, you can go to our archives at lovetalknetwork.com. It will be in our archives in a week's time and you can share links on social media uh, with your friends so that they can hear this story of just Bringing beauty from ashes. And, um, so our friend today is Joanne Gordon. You, she has an incredible story to tell. And Carrie introduced her in our, our first segment. I want to get right into this without wasting more time. Joanne, you shared with us that as a sophomore in high school, you moved to the Dallas-Fort Worth area in Texas. And you, um, attended a, an all-girls Catholic school and uh so quite a few rules a uh, fairly strict um from my experience i went to a catholic school um in my very early years and i know that sometimes amidst all of the 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 training and um the rules we forget that Jesus is right there. Can you, can you share with us that moment where you pinpointed that Jesus loved you and you wanted to have a relationship with him? Okay. Unfortunately,
2: at 74, it was only a year and a half ago.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Um, I grew up in a society that um, said, uh, young women, keep yourself pure and holy until you're married and if you don't you're a tramp mm-hmm. you're a whore you're worthless and no good man is ever going to want you mm-hmm. okay so um i didn't date in high school my best friend's uh brother <laughs> took me to my junior and senior prom so that i could go i mm-hmm. uh, went away to college. Hadn't dated, um, was in the sub one day, met a man, uh, one of the other students, a little bit older than me, um, was with a group of people. He asked me out. I said yes. That night, he raped me. So, okay, now I'm damaged goods. have a pretty poor self-esteem. Um, go to work in a summer job, meet one of my co-workers. We start dating. We end up having a sexual relationship, obviously. Hell, I was damaged, and I got pregnant. And um, that's when my struggles really started because society and church had already taught me that I was worthless, And nobody was going to forgive me.
1: So, uh, Joanne, now listening friends, I want to be very clear here with Joanne's story. Last, she said, she's 74 years old. And up until about 18 months ago, um, well, her life drastically changed 18 months ago. Uh, and we'll get to that part of the story here in just a minute. But, Joanna, I want to go back just a little bit in your story. And listening, friends, this is the first time Joanna has told her complete story to anyone. Um, and so for her to go public like this with her story is such a way to glorify God, number Amen. one, and um, for Joanne to find some healing um, after all this time. And Joanne, I, I so you go on this first date with this man that you meet in the in the cafeteria, basically, right? And he rapes you on the first date. You did not want it. You you know that 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 is not something that would have ever happened had he not forced himself upon you, and you didn't tell anyone. No, no, told, I couldn't. You told no one. I couldn't. Not a roommate, no. not a, 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 no one. You, no. You told no, you kept this inside that a man had physically, forcefully raped you because you felt it's in some way that it was your fault. Yes. That was what society and the church taught at that time. So you began this journey of self loathing. Of feeling worthless, of feeling like, well, I've already screwed up, so, I I mean, there's no going back now. Nope. You can't undo it. Because the word grace was not in your vocabulary at that time. Okay, we'd been taught grace, but I hadn't accepted grace. Yeah, okay. That's a really good way to put it. Okay, okay. You had never – maybe you hadn't experienced it. You hadn't accepted it. You didn't think that it was for you. No. You were too it – was, it was just something that you couldn't under, understand, fully Correct. grasp. Correct. Correct. You know, that, I think that's the part of the story that hurts me the most, that I just – you know, you didn't tell anyone, and you just shoved it. You just pushed it down because you were so sad whenever it's not your fault – It wasn't your fault. Um, And, oh, Joanne, the part of the story, too, is that a few weeks or maybe a week later after you had gone on this date with this man who raped you, who came up to you on campus?
2: On campus, it was about a, a week later, I was walking with some friends, and this lady comes up. I'd never seen her before, and she accosted me and said, you stay away from my husband. Well, I had no idea that the man that I would had that date with was married.
1: That just—it makes me sick to my stomach. I, you know, I wonder who else that happened to. Um, I would probably assume that he's no longer married to the to his wife that he was cheating on at the time. But I—I I mean, what's so sad to me, Joanna, is that that happened to you. You're feeling worthless and. And so you're walking around campus, kind of in a daze. You're a college freshman. You're 18 years old, 19 years old, and and another young man asks you out. And so you go on a date with him, and y'all start having a relationship, and it turns to sexual because you're like, well, okay, I've already, you know, I'm I'm already damaged, so right. might as well, right? Right. So you didn't deal with it, and that's when you became pregnant. And it's 1965, correct? And you're pregnant. Yes.
0: And so, I mean, Joanne, I, I imagine that stuffing this down, you just want this problem to go away. You want to hide it from everyone. You don't see any way of going back, and you're just filled filled with 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 shame and don't know what to do with it. And so, you go home and tell your parents, which I have to tell you, I I just I just admire. I love that. I love that you went home and talked with your parents. What was their response?
2: Well, Mom wasn't as accepting um, and gracious as my sister and my daddy. Um, Most of all, they were disappointed in me. I was pretty disappointed in myself. Um, Did you
1: tell them you were raped before? No. no. You did not tell them that?
2: No. Okay. They never knew.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: Um, until a year and a half ago, I had never told anybody. Mm. I didn't even tell Jim. Oh, wow. He didn't know that part of the story mm. until a year and a half ago. Wow.
0: I mean, that, that breaks my heart because, mm-hmm. so you basically took on the full burden of, of the shame. I mean, you didn't say, hey, this I've had trauma in my life. This happened to me. this married man raped me instead uh you you basically took on the full burden of shame in front of everyone i mean i it i mean that just breaks my heart that someone wasn't wrapping their arms around you and um standing up for you and going and setting things right
1: yeah. mm. you know. <clears throat> Oh, I can't imagine what that was like for you. Um, but like Kathy said, so proud of you for not considering a different option. But you went home and you told your parents, I can't imagine what that was like for you. Um, I would have been sweating and crying and all the things. I, I don't even know. Um, you know, we assume our parents are always going to love us. But we do know that they're disappointed in us at times. Um, so, okay. So it's 1965. You're pregnant. You live in Dallas. And what are your parents? Okay. What's the next part of the story? Here?
2: <clears throat> so, um, back then, um, grandparents didn't keep kids. Um, young Catholic girls um, were sent away to a Catholic maternity home. So I ended up in Austin. At the home of the Holy Infancy. And um, I had to work. Um, my paycheck went to the sisters. Um, and I was all alone. So um, at night, um, all the other ladies, young girls, there was, a, unfortunately, a 12-year-old that oh, had gosh. been raped by... A family member, oh gosh, was there. She was the youngest of all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was next to the oldest. Mm-hmm. I was nineteen, Wow, so I was next to the oldest, um but because I wasn't there during the day, um, I just would come home, eat in the uh dining room with everybody. Go up to my room. Read, I said the, <coughs> I said the rosary every night looking for peace. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. Oh, Joanne, I can't even imagine as a 19-year-old feeling so alone. Um, you know, this is long before cell phones. It's not like you could just pick up the phone and call your sister, um, call your mom, call your dad. Uh, Because those are the only people that knew that you were pregnant, those three people, um, and and how alone you must have felt. And you also told me that you walked to and from work, and you walked over two miles? Correct. In the Austin heat, my friends, Joanne found a job because her parents said, look, we're not paying for this, so you're going to have to figure out a way to pay for this. So she took her pregnant body and walked in the Austin heat. Um, two miles to and from work, uh, each day and you just did what you needed to do and you found the strength to do it, um, alone, um, praying to God, hoping for peace, but not really knowing how to get it, not really understanding how to get it and, and what that could feel like for you. Correct. Now, did your parents come visit you? You're there for eight, seven, eight months. No,
2: actually, um, I didn't, um. I I carried both Susan and um, Sean low and back, and so even at four months, I didn't look pregnant.
1: Oh, okay, so you didn't.
2: So the Sunday after Thanksgiving, they drove me down to the home. I was giving a new name to protect me. My name was Nadine Nelson.
1: Oh, wow. That's part of the story I haven't heard. <clears> okay. <throat> so whenever you went to the home, you, did they suggest that you do that so no, nobody that could find mandatory. you? No, that was mandatory. Oh, that was mandatory. Mandatory. I didn't okay. have a choice. Wow.
2: So during um, during the day, I was Joanne Mazinski and during the night, I was Nadine Nelson. Oh, Wow.
0: That's wow. Why did that I... is stunning. I I can't imagine so. I mean, um, my mom is a uh a, a licensed counselor and I would imagine the types of things that she would have to say about that as far as uh, causing almost this uh split in in I what I don't want to say split personality, but you're dealing with depression clearly. You're on your own uh you your identity has completely changed you've gone from uh this pure innocent what you would see yourself as just good and holy girl to having that stripped from you um in your own identity and now being given a name that you get to adopt in in the evenings I that I cannot imagine how emotionally, Joanne, you you held it together. And I think you have to look back and say, okay, God was giving me strength that I could not have had on my own in order to deal with that.
2: Right. But they did it, they said, to protect us. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. The The thought process back in 60s was totally different, and, and I want people to understand that. That where society is today and where it was back then are totally different. Mm -hmm. Totally
1: different. So you didn't feel like it was necessarily a negative thing. You walked into that going, okay, well, this is what, it's kind of matter of fact. Like, okay, this is what I have to do. Yep. Yeah.
2: And the decision for going was not mine. It was my mother's. Mm. It was not my dad's. It was my mom's.
0: Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, now I have I have uh, a question. So you were there. You you didn't go there until your fourth fourth month, mm-hmm. and so you were there for about about five months, mm-hmm. and and then you gave birth. Tell us about that experience.
2: So back then, um, the, the nun actually we ended up the home was right across the street from the hospital. And so you walked across, um, you went up to the maternity ward, Um, sister says bye, and you're all by yourself. Hmm. Um, You give birth, uh, you don't get to see the baby, Um, you're dismissed out of the hospital on the second day before you leave, they give you a ream of papers to sign. Hmm. And then you go back to the home, and a couple of days later, Mom and Dad and Sis drive down to pick me up, and I start a new life.
1: Wow. Wow. I just want that to kind of sink in. You know, I guess they told you it was a girl, Mm -hmm. and and that's it. That's all they said, and you did give her a name. I did. Uh She was
2: born on St. Patrick's Day. And I said to me, she was always Patricia Lisa. Okay. Um, Her adopted parents thought about naming her Patricia. God is great all the time. God is great. And um, but they decided that. Pat and Mike which is her adopted the Ron and Audrey couldn't have children so they had adopted a little boy he was 3 with, when they adopted Susan and they thought Pat and Mike sounded too irish for a polish german <laughs> family <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
1: So they named her Susan.
2: Yes, they did.
1: Aww. Susan
2: Marie, which is my sister's middle name.
1: Oh, that's so neat. God has
2: had his hand mm-hmm. in this
1: my entire life. Absolutely. Absolutely. St. Patrick's Day. I want listeners, I want you guys to remember that. That's um Joanne's daughter, Susan, was born on St. Patrick's Day. Now, a question that I had for you when we were talking about this is I can't imagine what it was like for mom and dad and sister to drive from Dallas down to Austin and pick you up, and then you to have to ride in a car with them for the next three and a half hours. What was that like?
2: Quiet. Not a word was said. Not a word was said.
1: It was like,
2: it was like okay, I've been away, and... There wasn't anything to talk about, and so we go home again to start a new life.
1: Mm. So, Joanne goes home. Um, I, I, uh, Joanne goes home, um, and basically, you're shoving everything. You're shoving down the feelings of just having a baby, you're shoving down the feelings of knowing that you have this trauma that you're not going to deal with, um, and that your mom and your dad and your sister know your secret, um, and you have to start over. You have to pretend like nothing has ever happened.
2: Absolutely.
1: And so you start a job um, and about eight weeks, well, I guess you start a job very soon. Right. And then about eight weeks later, what happened? So
2: a neighbor across the street was in uh, human resources and he got me a job where he was working, which was just down the road from our house. And um, Jim, the love of my life, <laughs> came to work as a uh, summer hire, and we were we were in um, seismology. Okay, and he was going to go away for the summer to maintain one of our sites in Kanab, Utah. His last night in town, he asked me out. Now, understand, I wasn't dating. I was damaged good, and I was. I was not men ready. And um, he asked more than once. In fact, we were in a tiny hall at 5 o'clock, and I was keeping everyone from going home. Someone (laughs) in the back yelled, go out with him. We want to go home. (laughs) He was
1: persistent.
2: Yes, he was. I gave him my phone number, and I'm thinking, it's okay. It's one date. I won't ever see him again. That was fifty four years ago.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Now, so Jim, you go on a date and then Jim goes away mm-hmm. for eight or ten weeks, right? Right. And uh, I guess you guys communicate during that time. Well
2: I didn't think we would, but yes we did. But
1: you did. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um and then Jim Jim comes back. He comes mm-hmm. back home and you i guess you kind of realize that maybe this could go somewhere yeah um so
2: the back of my house was on the road to the office and he would call every morning to see if i wanted to ride to work one morning my granny said jim gordon you call when you're not coming <laughs> <laughs> and um so i i get scared Because um, uh, I just get scared and I, okay, so I'm going to tell him that this, so I told him in September, so I'm going to tell him March I had a baby and that'll, he'll go away because no good man would want me. I told him and (laughs) it didn't make any difference to him.
1: Wow. Jim just said well, that is what it is. Okay. Yep. And didn't really dwell on it.
2: No. Nope.
1: But he made you feel worthy.
2: He did. He did. And for the last 54 years, he has loved and made me feel worthy.
1: Wow. Wow. Oh, my goodness. So you tell Jim. And you guys get married, and you guys have a, do- a son named Sean. Mm-hmm. And at some point, while Sean's growing up, it, you you guys tell him that y- you have had a daughter. He yes. always knew that somewhere yes. out there was a sister, yes, and um, that was older, obviously older than him. And somewhere out there was a sister, but you know, may or may not ever see her. But but he knew this growing yes. up. Yes. Yeah. Now, I, I have
0: a question. So in, in all of these years, did you ever try and contact your daughter or find your daughter? No. Um,
2: uh, mostly selfish because um, I didn't want to be rejected. I didn't want to be rejected. I, um, I I hoped and prayed she had a good life. But what if she didn't? Then I have to carry that burden. Yeah. Um, and then um, I didn't want to disrupt her life.
1: So you just thought, okay, maybe she's better off without me, or maybe mm-hmm. I don't want to know. You were protecting yourself, but you also thought in some way you were protecting her too. Correct. Oh, man. Wow. Well, friends, when we return to Love Talk, you're going to want to hear the rest of the story as Paul Harvey used to say because God's grace and his mercy and his kindness is everlasting friends and a united front has happened and uh, in the past 18 months Joanne has experienced sheer joy and God's grace. And you'll want to hear the rest of the story when we return to Love Talk right after this.
0: And welcome back, friends. This is Kathy Endebrot. You are listening to Love Talk with Coach Carrie Brinkader and our very special guest in studio today, Joanne Gordon. Joanne has an incredible story of God bringing beauty from ashes, of the love of God and the love of a very good man. Uh, reestablishing worth and uh identity and value and friends I we're in our last segment and if you have missed the first two segments you are going to want to go to our archives in about a week at lovetalknetwork.com you're going to want to hear those first two sh- segments and share this with a friend well Joanne I'm going to jump right in because uh you know we only have uh about uh, 15 minutes 12 minutes left in our last segment and so at, at this point, it's 2019, 53 years have passed since you um, had that baby and, and and she was just whisked away. All you knew was that it was a baby girl and you think about her every single day. You wonder um, what has happened to her, what has she become, what has her life been like? What happens in April of 2019?
2: My uh, sister's son's wife did 23andMe DNA, and uh, my nephew uh, procrastinated, finally turns his in, and he gets contacted by Susan, who says, I'm pretty sure that we're related. And so um, he calls my sister, and he says, I think Annie Joes... Uh, daughter's contacted me. What do I do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so she goes, Well, I pretty much know what she's going to say, but, uh, I'll call her. And I said, Of course, she has a right to know who I am. And on Good Friday of 2019, at eight o'clock in the evening, I get a phone call from her. And, um, we talked for two hours and we said nothing. <laughs> But at the end of the conversation, she says, I would like to come down to Texas. She lives in Missouri um, and meet you. And I go, okay, that sounds good. And um, so now um, it's, uh, it's, I'm going to meet her. And what is she going to think of me? And on Easter Sunday, she calls our son to introduce herself, and she says for the first 10 minutes, she wasn't real sure she was coming, because uh, basically, he said, "Um, if you're not coming, if you're just coming for curiosity, don't bother, because he didn't want me hurt, and she said, I'm in it for the long haul, Mm. and yes, she is, and yes, she is, so now... Uh, she's coming, which means I've got to start telling people that I have a daughter because nobody knows that I have a daughter. And because society, and I'm still carrying that, that thought that uh, nobody's going to want me. I mean, once these people who I've just met find out that um, I have a daughter that I gave up, They won't want to have anything to do with us. And contrary to that, they opened up their hearts and their um, friendship and just accepted it. And um, were there to meet her with us when we went to church. And funny thing is, she says, they go, hi, I'm Fran. You look just like your mother.
1: (laughs) So, what Joanne and Jim have realized over these last 18 months, it, months is that uh, nature trumps nurture. Even though Susan was raised by a wonderful family, her and Joanne, her biological mom, couldn't, I, I mean, Apparently, you guys are very similar. Jim cracks up about it because the mannerisms are the same, the way you guys, like your voice inflection. Oh, you said they share the same brain. Isn't that what you (laughs) said? I know. (laughs) Um, It's just been easy. It has.
2: And I guess that's the biggest blessing God gave me. Um, I realized, um, so so, uh, Easter of 2019... Uh, right after that, uh, our associate pastor was doing um, a series on the sacraments, and it was time to do the lecture on reconciliation. And it was entitled, Guilt and Shame. I went and cried the whole time. Mm. <laughs> and But for the first time, I realized that God forgave me years ago. Mm -hmm. I just didn't forgive myself. Mm
1: -hmm. We carry around guilt for way too long. I remember when I was in graduate school, my husband and I were in graduate school. um, I mean, listening friends, you guys know, you guys have heard my testimony. I made a lot of mistakes in college. And um, I remember they had a series very similar to this and we were all encouraged to, to write things down on a sheet of paper that we couldn't let go of, right? That we we're just carrying around, that we've asked forgiveness a thousand times, right? And God said, uh, yeah, I forgave you uh, 999 times ago, right? And um, uh, to write these things down and to bring them up to the front of the church and lay them at the foot of the cross. And I remember it was such a powerful thing for me. To take those things that I had been carrying around right, physically, write them down on a sheet of paper, and go and put them at the foot of the cross. And that's what you did that day.
2: I did, I did. And Susan and I both have been so blessed with our relationship. She started trying to find me at age sixteen, mm, and wrote wow. and wrote a letter, and they. Uh, Her mom, Audrey, uh, who I have met, and also thanked me for giving them the gift of Susan. Mm. Um, It's just been amazing. Um, Susan and I act like we've been mother-daughter her entire life. And my daughter-in-law, when she first met her, said, I would have sworn nurture overrode nature. And she said, you guys are the exception. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, well, Joanne, I have I have a, a question for you because there's something really unique that that you did. Is you carried around this guilt and shame for 54 years? You visited that hurt every year on Susan's birthday. What did you do?
2: <clears throat> every every Saint Patrick's Day, I baked a birthday cake. Now, everybody just thought. Well, okay, so she's Catholic. She's going to celebrate St. Patrick's Day with a cake. My sister and my father called me every St. Patrick's Day and wished me a happy birthday. Mm-hmm. When Susan found out from Aaron, my nephew, that I baked her a birthday cake every year, she lost it. DJ was with her. That's her husband. And she was... On the phone and couldn't real had no idea why she was just losing it. But uh, I still, even now, I gave her, I sent her a picture of the one I baked last year.
1: Aww. Yeah. I love that so much. And I think the part that really gets me about that story, not only that, that was so touching for her, that she knew that her mama um loved her and was thinking about her every single year um but that your daddy called you not your mom your nope. daddy My called daddy you called me. every single St. Patrick's Day to wish your baby a happy birthday mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know our daddies are so special <laughs> they have such a way of making us feel um <laughs> so worthy and um I love that part of the story. And, friends, that's just like our father, Jesus. He's the one that makes us feel worthy. He's the one that forgives us whenever we can't forgive ourselves. He's the one that gives us that grace and that redemption. And your dad, your biological dad, was doing that for you, but our heavenly father does that for us.
2: Yes, he does. Joanne?
1: Yes, I uh, we have
0: I we have only a couple of minutes left and and I just I want you to be able to share your advice for our listeners who are carrying around pain and shame. After you did it for 54 years, what advice would you give to our listeners?
2: Sure. If if you walk away with one thing, please walk away with knowing that what society tells you is wrong mm-hmm. and what God tells you is right Mm -hmm. and accept his forgiveness and learn as hard as it is to forgive yourself because until you can forgive yourself, you will not have peace.
1: Mm. Mm. Joanne, thank you for telling your story today. I love that this venue um, is a safe place for you to tell this story I'm so appreciative for you to bear your pain and your joy um, of this experience. Um, Listening friends, we just want you to know that God has a plan for you. That if you're carrying around guilt and shame and sadness and burdens, we want you to bring those to the foot of your cross, to the foot of the cross. Because our Father, he wants a relationship with you. And he wants you to be whole. And that's what he does when he comes into your life. That's what he does. He allows you to be able to deal with things that you cannot deal with on your own. You can lean on him because he never changes. He's always the same. And he wants to wrap his arms around you and he wants to tell you that he loves you. Listening friends, if you have any questions, you can call us on the love line at 512-249-6535. We'd love to walk you through a relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that you'll find a church, friends, that's teaching and preaching the Bible, that's teaching God's word. You can find a lot of churches that are open now, and they would love to have you. You can find all churches now online. Find one that's teaching and preaching the word of God. For my beautiful friend, Joanne Gordon, and my co-host, Kathy Endebrock, I'm Coach Kerry Brinkater, and we'll see you next time right here on Love Talk.